Hey folks, welcome back. We are here bee chasing with Jeff Letts, the Bee Whisperer, Bee Best Bee Removal. Hi folks. And uh, today we're thinking about covering uh, some of the most memorable jobs that uh, Jeff has gone on with his uh, staff at Bee Best Bee Removal. And mainly because, you know, we're in a downtime of, of the um, this, this season. He has some time to reflect back on some of the cool things that has happened over the course of his career. And uh, hopefully we can get some cool stories because this guy story tells like no other. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. Yeah, we, we, the, the, some of the most interesting jobs over the last uh, several years have been uh, usually the ones that are just they stand out because they're unique in where the hive's located. I was, uh, Lewis and I were talking the other day, and he says, what jobs really stick out? And I says, well, there's there's a couple that just jump out at me. I said, the, the Hyatt Grand Regency downtown on the FAA lights at the top, they had bee swarms on both ends of that building. And this is going back quite a, years, quite a few years ago, about 2006, somewhere in that range. Um, I got a call down there by the maintenance department, and they said that they had to do some uh, work up on the uh, top of the building for those lights, and they couldn't get near them because there were bee swarms on it, which is amazing because the building's over 22 stories tall. And then that's, of course, above the 22nd floor. It's that big roof that's kind of at an angle. Uh, so we pull Google on, that if you don't know what that means. It, you'll, you'll see it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, pretty, it's actually pretty amazing. We pull up into the loading docks, uh, it, and it took us about three hours to get all of our gear and everything at the top of the building to do the work. We ran over... I think it was about 300, 280 feet or 300 feet of cable because we had to vacuum the bees up because of where they were located, and they, they didn't want to spray any pesticides. They'd prefer to take them out without the use of any chemicals. Um, so anyway, me and another guy, we carried about 100 pounds of cables and ran it up to the top of the building, and we vacuumed up bee swarms off both ends of the FAA lights. And I have to say... What an incredible view when you're up there. <laughs> but what's but what's really impressive is when you get to the top of that building, it it's it's it looks like it's a really narrow because of the the sheer the sheer size of the building, but when you get up there it's actually only about probably it's about 8 feet wide, 6 to 8 feet wide from side to side. So it's just like a little tiny corridor and you walk down and you go to the ends. And then those uh, lights at the top are actually pretty big. They're about 12 inches roughly, give or take. But they look like little pin drops from the ground because it's so high off the ground. Uh, so that was one. Uh, the other so, one. So how did how did that job come out, come about? I mean, it, it was uh, it was called in by the maintenance department. They had to do some maintenance up on the top of the building because they had to get the lights cleaned or whatever, and they have to make sure. I think they probably have annual maintenance requirements because they're for uh, airplanes to keep them from hitting the buildings that's so high up mm. and so it's probably more than likely it's probably a requirement and they were up there trying to do the maintenance and the guys saw the bees flying around and so, so we got the call so that's usually when you guys start getting calls right like people would do those kinds of maintenance things and um, they go out there and they find out oh there's we have a bunch of bees over here yeah, usually uh, a lot of times when the when the guys are getting new roofs put on or they're doing any kind of maintenance on their cell towers or their lighting on the tops of the roofs or for anything like that, because um, they don't go up there too often, and it's only for maintenance issues, and then they happen to run into the bees, and then we got the call. Remember that one time 
um, we both went out to the uh, what hotel was I forget it was in down, downtown and one of the maintenance guys said oh I tried taking care of him myself and he had that oh. DIY oh, yeah. uh, B suit yeah <laughs> I, I remember that yeah that was the Hampton I believe wasn't it I don't know I, I forget it? but we went up to the top and he was up there and he showed us remember yeah <laughs> yeah you got you guys will love this we 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 go we go up to the top and we're uh, we're up there by his uh, his shop where where he has maintenance office and he he. He says, yeah, he goes, we try to do it ourselves. He comes out and he, he has a cardboard box with a little cutout, a little slit for the eyes and a little area for the mouth. And then what he did is he, he put some of that screen that, uh, screen material that you use for your front door on your house. It's like a vinyl material and he taped it on there with duct tape and then he taped a plastic bag to the bottom of the box. Well, those he, were actually garbage he, bags yeah, or something, right? Like right. clear. Yeah, they were, they cleared the really thin ones. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he took the box. He he took the he took the box and then he put it on his head and then he went up there and he tried to do it himself. And I said, "What what happened?" He says, "We got stung like about seven or eight times trying to do it ourselves." And we we thought it was a pretty funny story. Actually, uh, Lewis thought it'd be funny to go ahead and show it. So we we did a little blog on a DIY bee suit and we got a ton of uh, interested people. And one one guy responded by saying. Holy cow, Batman! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got he kind of looked like a superhero in a sense, right? Yeah. Like cosplay. Kind yeah. Of um, you can also go on the YouTube channel, which is actually I think it's number two now um, most viewed video on your guys' YouTube channel. Yeah, there was there was a lot of people. Well, they thought they were gonna, was number one. Yeah, they, well, they thought they were going to go on there and get some real useful information. They didn't know that it was like a spoof on 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 a bee suit. That was just us kind of showing what some of the people will go. What lengths they'll go to to try to do it themselves? Yeah, and, and that's kind of amazing too because if you really think about it, like people are searching that to try to build their own bee suit, right? They're trying to figure out, oh, how do I do this myself? Right. When there's professionals <laughs> out there already making it and they're making high quality suits that you know are going to work, right? It's and so like, they, oh, let's just put a trash bag on. <laughs> well, here you go, Johnny. Try this on. Let's see if this works. <laughs> No, for sure. Um, but you know, it, it, and it kind of like all these things that we're talking about always like relates back to like the do's and don'ts of how to go about, you know, finding an expert, handling this B, these B issues on your own. You know what I mean? And I think it's very, very important. That, and that's why like these stories are so powerful, man. Like, you know, just want to keep, keep telling people these stories because that real life experience is going to help somebody. Yeah. I mean, you, you see what other people are doing and what they've tried. I mean, I've gone up to people's homes where they're wearing their wetsuit because it's like a quarter inch foam material. Um, and, and the stinger won't touch your skin. And, and I've had people wearing that to go, well, I'll just throw my wetsuit on and I've got goggles and ski gear and I'll throw on my motorcycle helmet and I go up there and they're wearing all the stuff. <laughs> And then last minute, they're realizing, okay, I'm getting ready to go into this beehive and try to do it myself. <laughs> I'm not really sure if this is going to work. Maybe maybe I might want to call it professional. Right, right. But just the fact that, you know, they're, they're going to great lengths and you see what they're willing to do, it's kind of amazing to me that people will actually do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's an unknown there. You know, and they have to experience it for themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds like America's funniest video is ready to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, shoot. People made tons of money on those things. Right. <laughs> now it's all about the YouTube views. So if you guys got any videos out there, people getting, getting kind of reckless with uh, bees on video, pass those along to us and we'll, we'll talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember that one time um, I showed you that video of that guy making a, a, a beard and a suit out of, out of bees? 
like he had he had attracted him with some pheromones. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he had this big this big twelve uh, inch beard. He looked like ZZ Top. <laughs> and then they were going into his eyes, and he kept trying to wipe them from right. his eyes. And he actually took a couple stings because he yep. said, "I got stung a couple times making this video." Yeah. Now, see, that's something I wouldn't do. I mean, I know I do this for a living, but you know, there's just certain things that to me it's like you're really pushing the envelope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But then again, uh, they're not. Those are usually gentler bees, and they know what they're dealing with. Many times we go out, we don't know if they're Africanized or aggressive bees, so it's yeah. totally different. You but can't play with them, right? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> so speaking of um, those kinds of incidences where you might get stung, um, you have a memorable moment where you have gotten to you know pretty hairy you know situation dealing with bees, and you got stung a couple times, or what was that like? Well. Uh, it's, it, um, this was a, quite a while ago. We were, me and another gentleman, we were working on uh, a beehive in Point Loma area. It was up in a tree, and it was the size of one of those large inflatable uh, beach balls. It's about maybe 24 inches round, mm. maybe even a little bit bigger than that. And it was hanging up in a tree. And we set up two ladders. We each set a ladder up for ourselves so that we could attack it from two different angles. And we laid down the plastic and got everything prepped on the ground so we're going to cut the hive out of the tree and drop it, wrap it, and then bag it and get it out of there. Well, I told the helper that we need to tie this off so it doesn't just drop so that when we cut it, we can just gently lower it down and maintain control of the hive. Well, he started cutting and getting ahead of himself, and anyway, he cut the branch, and the weight of the hive snapped the other branch in half. And I'm talking about two-and-a-half, three-inch branch, just cracked it in half. The thing ended up weighing about 85, 90 pounds, roughly, give or take. Probably been there for a year or two. And uh, when that thing hit the ground, we they were stinging us right through our suits. I jumped down off that ladder, ran to the truck, grabbed another suit, threw it on. Needless to say, I wasn't too happy, but we, we got control of it, but, th but that was uh, a memorable time, and that was actually about uh, back in, that was in the, that was in the uh, early 90s. That was like 91 or 92. That's, oh, wow. that's how much it stuck in my head. Yeah. And it was after that time I said, I ain't working with that guy ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons learned. <laughs> No, those are those are pretty cool stories, and like you know, you can always think back to those things, those moments, like when you're in another situation similar, and you're like, um, I recall this moment, right? You yeah. don't want to and, go down that path. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, it seems like all the times where things go horribly wrong, it seems like those moments really stick in your head forever. You know, it, it was another time we had to go pick up some hive boxes from this old retired beekeeper out in La Mesa, right there off of uh, 70th Street. Um, again, it was in the early 90s, and I know because I was working with the same guy. It, was, it seemed like every time we worked <laughs> together, <laughs> everything went to, went to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. But anyway, we, we had like three or four high boxes. We lo loaded them on the truck, and I said we should tie them off and tape them at the seams to keep it all secure and keep it from tipping over. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, he just wanted, he said, you know, we don't need to do that. It's just a waste of time. We get back to the bee yard and... Um, one or two of the hives tipped over, and we had all of our gear back there, and we ended up getting stung. There was three of us in a truck. We took over 100 stings between us. Just getting the gear off the back of the truck, our gloves, helmets, and veils. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, when you deal with bees, you got to take every precaution you can. you got to make sure everything's taped up. you got to make sure everything's tied. When you're dealing with live bees, you want to make sure that your load's secure, but, you know... Uh, that's why it's so important to take the extra time to, you know, make sure that everything's set up in a way that nothing can go wrong. So how many times have you gotten stung? Like in, you, in one sitting, it, in one session? I think that was probably the worst. That was I the think, worst. Yeah, and I think uh, about about 30 times I got stung. 
25, 30 oh, oh, times. Oh, between the two of you, no, there no, were 100. Yeah, okay. we each took about 25 to 30 stings or more. Between all of us, we took about 100 stings. Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, got stung on my, I got stung on my neck, on my head, on my hands, mostly on my hands. But So what did uh, you do? You go back to work the next day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or well, you there, stay at home. No, oh, no. There were times I come back to work the next day, and I, I look like a clown from the circus with a big round nose, and my eyeballs would be all swollen shut. And you know, I, yeah, I was a young man, and yeah. you know, we, it was different back then. But you know, my boss would laugh at me. You know, he'd see me come in and go, "Hey, Jeff, come here. Let me see that nose." You know, and <laughs> was was that the first time you got lit up by by some bees? That was the worst. Yeah, that what, was. The, what was the first time? Well, I don't know really the first times I've been doing this for so long, but I remember the, the the most painful sting that I received. I was actually on a job. I was about 17. We were in Coronado, and this guy had a bumblebee nest underneath of a shed, mm. and we had to cut a piece of the wood out of the edge of the, the shed in order to reach under there and scrape the nest out. And uh, the, 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 uh, the owner of the company, his older son, didn't want to do it. He told me to reach under there, and I reached under there. Even though I had gloves on, they stung me through the glove on my forearm, and it just—it felt like a burning. It set my arm on fire. It was like a burning, stinging sensation. I came running out of the backyard, literally crying. It was so painful because wow. you know I was—I was young, you know, young teenager at the time, and uh, that stuck in my mind. Yeah. And I, I remember after that, I really didn't want to do any more bumblebee jobs. But those, <laughs> the, their stinger is a lot larger than a honeybee stinger. Plus, they can sting repeatedly over and over again. Right. So yeah, it's not just that one time. Right? Exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was one that stuck in there. That's that's crazy, man. I I, I have only gotten stung once, and I never want to get stung again. You know, uh, I mean, those I, are kind yeah. of the, those are the kind of situations, right? No, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You go out there every time, like you're at risk of getting stung. Like, what are some of the things that your average person can do to prevent themselves from getting 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 that sting? Well, I I think the most important thing is being aware of your surroundings. When people are out and they're working in the yard. Be aware of anything flying around the garden. Now, I mean, a lot of times you'll see flowers and, and trees where there has blooms on it and the bees will be pollinating the flowers or the plants. Mm. But when you see a really heavy concentration of bee flight activity, then you want to pay closer attention and see if they're maybe not going into a knot hole of the tree or if there's a, a squirrel uh, den in the ground and they've not taken it over and they're building a hive underground. Um, irrigation boxes is a real common place. They like to set up hives. So if you have anything that has a space or void to it, whether it's a retaining wall, a block wall, irrigation box, or something of that sort, or even a hose reel where they could get up underneath it um, and build a hive, then you want to be aware of that. And if you notice the bees flying in and out of it and, and it's heavier than usual, then you definitely don't want to try to do it yourself. Call in a professional. Yeah. Don't bust out the DIY bee suit, you know, because <laughs> it's really not worth taking the risk, especially with these African bees. Yeah. So, so you know, you know how people are get real fearful of, um, of of bees when they're interacting with or when they're coming across them, right? So people just slap them away. You know, oh, it's just one or two, right? You're like boom, boom, right? Yep. What what can that do? Would that help set off? the larger population of bees in the area well it, it can because a lot of times they'll start swatting the bee and then you know they see that motion of that person swinging their arm around worse they'll take and they'll step on they'll smash it and they'll crush the pheromones and the stinger the scent gland in the stinger mm -hmm. and then when you when you uh when you crush the, you're stomping on them they see them and they smack them on the ground they step on them they're putting that alarm pheromone in the air and that can draw more bees to start attacking that person wow 
so you know that's why I tell people you know just get out of the area don't don't start frailing your arms around swinging your arms wildly because that can bring more bees your way just try to get out of the area as quickly as you can yeah leave them alone right? leave them alone get out of the area you know try if you know where the hive's at then just move out of the way you know cool. yeah so what's what's another story uh, that you can tell us in regards to like the most memorable like you know I think you have all kinds I mean but there was this one that you're telling me about the convention center was there a convention center story that you had that you were um had to go up a like a one of those scaffolds or was it a crane it was a crane crane, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it was a crane it was a a, we we had about 115 120 foot um uh cable crane it was kind that just uh lowers down they got a man basket and you basically it's just enough room for one man to get in the basket and then uh, the crane goes up over the top of the cell tower, and they lowered us down between the building and the actual backside of the cell tower. That's and it. we we uh, we ended up unscrewing the the screws that were holding these panels. They were a fiberglass uh, foam type material, so they weren't real heavy, but they had insulating factor, and and it also uh, protected the electronic equipment and backside of the cell tower. And the bees had gotten in there, and they built the about a 40 or 50 pound hive inside of there and they were doing some work on it the cellular company needed to get in there and they had they had um two hives one on each end two or three and anyway we ended up uh having a guy that was lowered down in there and he actually had to pull those panels off they weighed about 45 50 pounds i mean they weren't light but for the size of them they they weren't as heavy as you think but uh but he actually got it all cleaned out we spent an entire day on it and that's pretty impressive because you think about the fact that he had no control of the of the boom basket and he's up there with live bees and he's basically giving hand signals to the crane operator where he wants the basket to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I, uh, and I asked you, I was like, do they have any guiding the, cable? No, yeah, well, just dangling, free, free dangling, free, da- free, free dangling. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, I mean, you got to realize the crane was like 115 feet tall, so yeah. every little incremental move would make that basket move around because it was on a cable. You know, it would, it would go, it would swing back and forth before it came to a stop. You'd have to grab onto the sides and hold onto the fiberglass wall or the edge of the building to stop it from moving. Now, you know, I That'd mean, again, a wild that, ride. <laughs> a, absolutely. Now, again, that was a long time ago. I don't even know if uh, if we could even do a job like that today. You know, why is that? Well, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think it would probably be compliant that you would be in that kind of a basket. I've I've not seen I'm not saying they don't still have them. But, you know, let's put it this way. We wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> There's too much of a risk. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, those are those are cool stories, man. And, you know, I think, you know, coming in from an outside perspective looking at your at your job you know i think we we had talked about this um when i first first met you you were like is my job really that exciting enough to to talk about to share with other people and i was like well what is it you know tell me some of your jobs that you normally do and you told me some like crazy stories like hanging from like you know high up in this in you know high-rise buildings i'm like dude that yeah. is freaking crazy. That yeah. is exciting. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think, you know, sh- keep sharing, you know, these these stories, helping people understand exactly what your job entails, you know, because it's not just getting a net and scooping up some bees and taking them out to, you know, a bee farm. You know what I mean? It's it's actually hard work. <laughs> you know? I, th- I think what it is is when you do it every day and you've done it most of your life, you just, you, you kind of, 
it just becomes normal. And, and, and you don't really think there's anything too special about it until you start telling people about a, a particular job. Yeah. And you, you, you see the look on their face and, and they're telling you, man, I, you, you couldn't pay me enough money to do that job. And you're thinking, well, the heights part I understand. You know, people have a risk of heights or a fear of heights, and I understand that. And there's always some risk associated if you don't, if you're not careful. Yeah. Uh, but no, I get it. It just, I, I guess, it just. I've been doing it so many years that it just, it just feels normal now. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I'm excited to um, to have you uh, talk about those those stories, and you know, excited to to kind of anticipate what people are going to be talking about when they start hearing these um, these podcasts from you because. You know, I think, you know, having people um, either A, relate to it or B, give their feedback and, um, you know, tell you how, you know, how they feel about it would be exciting. And then we can kind of talk about that, you know, and, you know, look Absolutely. at that and say, hey, you know, you know, what else do you guys want to hear about? What else do you guys want to know? And so definitely invite everybody to ask Jeff questions. Uh, we'll do Q&A's. We'll actually get more involved into the, into these stories and helping people understand the world of, of bees. Awesome. So um, that's it for this uh, podcast. It's uh, we're running on twenty six minutes, so a little, little little bit over, but you know I think it was well well worth it. And uh, if you guys have any questions for Jeff, check them out. Where can they uh, find you? At? They can find us at bebestinc.com. That's our website, or they can call our office if they need to get a hold of us directly at six one nine four six four. 2057 or they can email us at bebestinc at gmail I'm sorry bebestinc at sbcglobal.net cool and uh, this has been uh, Bee Chasing with Jeff Lutz from Bee Best Bee Removal thanks for joining folks